So the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny. Good to be with you again, friends, as we have a little bit of a roundtable discussion. And uh, this was my proposal, uh, because these movies affect me deeply. Um, we are talking about home invasion movies. You <sighs> fantasize about these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it, um, but I watch them. Uh, yeah, so if you listen to the show for any portion of time, you know that I'm a little bit of a uh, self-defense prepper kind of guy. <laughs> Grizz will uh, typically set up a little table inside the door with a little pile of cash, and he flashes the porch light and just waits for somebody to come in and take it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's on. <laughs> I got a punji trap in my front yard. I got all sorts of booty traps You've everywhere. Fucked up three times today just trying to get in here. <laughs> Sitting in his house wearing a gi. <laughs> no, but real talk. Um, let's talk about home invasion. Um, your experience with the genre. Your I was like, where are we go? Yeah, what's your experience with home invasions? Uh, yeah, let's let's each talk about how we've all had people break in our house. And rob I us. prefer to commit the home invasion rather than be the victim of it. <laughs> but uh, how do you feel about the subgenre of home invasion? Uh, I mean, like my my briefest description of that would be it's a it's very effective. Uh, for the viewer, but it's also not fun. Yeah. I, it, those kind of offset each other in some ways, um, but you space them out enough that they can be some, some really entertaining, effective movies. And I think that's the dichotomy. They're either really good or they're really schlocky. Yeah. Um, in that they can either be really well thought out or they can just be what we, what Vinny and I would call cheap heat. Right. And that it's, it's just too easy of a subgenre to do. So... There are good ones, and and there are elements that make good ones, but sometimes they can just slide into just an easy horror film to make. Yeah. I mean, because what's more scary than someone breaking into your house, yeah. and you become powerless against it? I mean, that's pretty it's easy. Very true. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it just depends, too. Like, if, the, if if you've got a movie where they're trying to make a actual crafted thriller, something that is effect, you know effective and kind of gets people thinking and kind of raising questions about their own life and, and their own space. That can be a really interesting experience, but at the same time, like you guys are alluding to, you also get something that's just rapey and button pushing. It's, it's gross. It's not a good time. And, and ultimately most people go, they turn to movies for escapism. So this is a little bit of a tricky subject where you make movies that are enjoyable, but at the same time, this material is creating something that's, 
real real world scary. Yeah. And so it's a it's kind of an interesting balance in that regard. Yeah. I actively avoid these movies. Uh I famously like creature features. I like escapism in my horror. I that's why I watch it. There are enough horrors in everyday life and the news cycle and the, in the real world that I like to have a little bit of fantasy or fiction tossed in with my horror generally, uh, w- whether it be ghosts, goblins, monsters, whatever. Uh, so I do not gravitate towards these type of movies. I, I actively avoid them. <laughs> I remember when this got brought up, we were like, okay, we've got enough homework for this recording session. What's uh, like a what's a roundtable discussion we could do? And I was like, well, home invasion is simple. And then he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> And I also said this is the most Abner subject that can ever be be chosen. Because while I won't say that you fantasize about this, uh, you certainly, let's say, prepare for these situations. Sure. And sure. have certainly It's a reality you consider. You have certainly run this these scenarios through your head many times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, I don't want to bring the party down, but it's a two-part sort of thing. Like, a, I was I was kind of raised with this mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, because your dad almost killed you one time. <laughs> <laughs> For listeners who don't know, uh, one time I was sleepwalking as a seven or eight year old boy, and I found myself at the door, like jiggling the door handle, trying to leave. My father thought someone was trying to break in. He retrieves his <laughs> firearm, his bedside firearm, and uh, creeps around the corner. And because he was well disciplined. Did not just pump me full of lead. He's like, "Oh, that's my son." <laughs> I'm glad he was disciplined. Yes, yes and that's Indeed. that's a big point too. Otherwise, where would we be recording this? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't uh-huh. have this podcast. <laughs> but um, so on the one hand, I inherited it. It's it, it was always there, just under the surface. But on the other hand, again, not to bring the party down, but when my first wife died in a car accident, not a home invasion, um, there, there, something inside of me, I feel clicked in a little bit more about being more protective over my friends and loved ones and myself. And so, since then, I've well, you, you came close to to bad news for you. Yeah, I almost died myself. Yeah, like that you know that can flip open some switches to vulnerability and yeah and. How can I take care of myself? And right, makes right. sense. And so, I've since become a black belt in combat jujitsu. I've taken more Humble like brag. what's that? Humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> or as Vinny would say, my ninja classes. <laughs> ninja cla- karate. But uh, you know, also I've, I've taken you know legit firearms self defense training classes. You know, so that I so that I. I am disciplined like my father to not shoot my loved ones <laughs> when they're sleepwalking at night. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think, again, when I say gravitate towards the genre, I don't watch them all the time because at the same time, I just want to come home and put on, you know, the... Bubble uh, Boy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Love Bubble Boy. Man, I just made a noise. That will I keep people out of your home. <laughs> Honestly, I think I have found that when I go to bed at night, if I just leave Bubble Boy playing on my television, nobody's bothering you. No one's coming in. Yep. No one's coming in. 
Same with uh, when I play uh, Wild Hogs, the film you guys love. Listen, when William H. Macy loses control and hits the curb, that shit is funny, but the rest of that movie can kick rocks. <laughs> I'm not going to push back too hard. I hate that it's been brought up twice in one night. <laughs> oh, shoot. Hot dog. Hot dog. So, uh, <laughs> I'll say this, guys, there's been way more laughter during this episode yeah, it's than almost, I anticipated. It's almost like we're nervous with the subject. <laughs> Let's just not talk about the movies at all. <laughs> so, uh, who wants first dibs? Who wants to throw one out? Like an actual movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, for me... Or, or response to my trauma dumping here. <laughs> <laughs> trauma. That's the... Uh, that would be the, the, the secondary title for the episode. Um, oh, I think, for me... Oh, uh, Set the dog this off, This is boy. just coming off the rails. Um, I think one that I want to throw out that is important to me just because of the theater experience was The Strangers. Um, the, <laughs> the Strangers was um, quite the experience in the theater because it was a packed house. It was a topic that hadn't been overdone in movies yet. Now, we've gotten into some of the torture elements with a lot of the hits and the hostile in that era. Yeah. But... Um, I can remember, I mean, you could hear somebody just breathe yeah. in the theater. Everybody was just sitting in there in dead silence and, and the elements of, of not only was it different in the sense of you had multiple victims, potentially, uh, we didn't just have one person, you had the couple in the home, um, but you also had the masked intruders and no motive. Yeah. And so, and there was a lot swirling around too with it being based on a true story, which it was inspired by, with a, very loosely. That's but at the time, that added an element to the viewing, and um, that was one that really planted the seed for me because there there wasn't a lot of the there. It was void of the the salacious sleaziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just scary, and yeah, it wasn't rapey. Yeah, and so the punctuation on it being that there was no purpose really chilled me and a, I think a lot of viewers at the time. It's like, oh, they just did this to do it. That's messed up. I mean, it, it, and it really started getting in, at least into my head, which this had happened for decades before with other movies and viewers. But for me, this is when the, the switch flipped where I thought, I'm never fully safe. No. I'm safe because people choose to leave me alone. And that was a very scary awakening that came specifically from that movie so that that's a good one for me to open with you are safe we are safe because people uphold certain social agreements right you know what i mean yeah. like there are th- like if you want to talk about pecking order wild animal kingdom like there there are reasons why no one should be safe Everyone is safe in to an extent because we all agree upon certain social contracts. Yeah, and this broke those rules. Yeah, yeah, and it and it it really got people to think about that without hitting them over the head with it. Yeah, kind of happened on the drive home. It was like, why did they stop by? I mean, and they even say for it at the end of the movie when they're talking to him because you were home. Yeah, holy shit! <laughs> I remember working at the dealership at the auto dealership when that movie came out and a dude who's not into horror movies said, I'm not going to go see that movie. And he talked about that because they put that line in the trailer. Yeah. Like, oh, it's this crazy home invasion thing. And they're like, why did it happen? Oh, because you were home. He's like, nope. 
no, thank you. I'm <laughs> not good. interested. He's like, that's too scary. Yeah, and it's such a it's such a scary thought. And then you you can trace back to all kinds of especially serial killer cases where um, it would talk about this or that and what led somebody to the house. You know, you, this screen door looked easy to pop. This door this door didn't look latched. These little decisions that could change everything. Yeah, and uh, it's a really sensitive subject when you start thinking about it. Um, and movie movies like The Strangers, I think, really kind of open that door for a lot of people who hadn't thought much about it. We had covered the, the strangers previously on an episode and I went back and kind of listened to that again to, to <clears throat> re-familiarize myself with it. And something that I had been a plus for me that for the rest of you did not, it worked against it for you. I liked that Liv Tyler was a recognizable celebrity because that gave me enough to separate myself from the movie that it's uh, fiction. Yeah. So that I could watch it as a film and it didn't feel as real. Whereas you guys felt like that was a detriment to it. That had they had a lesser known actress in that role, it would have been more effective. I particularly like it because I could that that fantasy element was reintroduced into it. The movie's very effective. Very scary. Uh, and also in those beginning scenes where they're in the car and you know something has just happened between the couple that has nothing to do with the horror side of it, but it's that palpable tension. It's uncomfortable. You can tell they've been crying. Like it, That movie does so many things right. Without beating you over, so the, the air's already fractured within their home before yes. anybody's coming. Yes, it's it's, already it's like you off. already have these frayed nerves, and then you got this bullshit yeah. to deal yeah. with. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, because they're coming from a formal event. You assume it's probably a wedding. They've been fighting it this formal event, which no one likes to do. No one, you don't want to fight when you're dressed yeah. up. <laughs> you know, fight yeah. your well, fight your and PJs. what you fight, he has proposed. And she declined. And it was supposed to be like a romantic night. He had rose petals laid out. And like instead is like, you know what? You stay here. I'm going to split. But before that can happen, your shitty night gets way worse. Yeah. A movie's a rough watch. I don't know that I'll ever watch it again. But I enjoyed it when I watched it. As much as you can enjoy something like that. Um, I thought it was very well made. I thought it was good. But... It's a lot. I, I had said I will watch that again about the same time I watched The Passion of the Christ again. <laughs> it's very emotionally taxing, and that's just not going to be in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah, not in the Dream Blunt rotation, that's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good one. So let's leapfrog off of that one into the sequel, The Strangers Pray at Night. Vinny, I'm guessing you ain't seen that one. Negatory. <laughs> It didn't have anywhere near the same magic for me that yeah. the first one did. It um, it's fine. It's got some really interesting visual stuff, but yeah. I think so much of what made the first one excellent was its simple storytelling and location. Whereas the sequel, it starts to get a little out there. Wasn't that one a little more based on the actual story on a, on a true story? Wasn't it like a was, was it like a camp? Was it the Ketty Cabin? 
Kenny Cabin murders yes, that all yeah, stem from. It's very it's, loosely based on Kenny Cabin stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. By the way, listeners, check out the Keddy K E D D I E Cabin Murders if you really want an interesting unsolved uh, home invasion story. Yeah, which who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're amped up for that. Um, so yeah, this one takes place at like a uh, it's a campground, mobile park home sort of thing. You know, uh, we we all know these places where it's like, oh, some people just come to their camp. Some people live there full time. It's that sort of thing. Um, Prairie Creek Reservoir. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it wasn't, it it did not have the same magic that the first one has, but it definitely has some suspense. And uh, again, similar setup. You get a little more backstory, taking the daughter to um, like a girl's school because she just keeps messing up. But family tension. And so it's, you're already, again, you're already having a shitty day. It's going to get worse. Yeah. And it picks up, I think it's a direct pickup from the first movie, mm-hmm. which makes it interesting. Yeah. There's a great sequence to, um, in a pool. Yes. Just say that. Yes. Since we're not talking about movies uh, in depth enough to spoil things, we'll just leave it at that. There's a really cool sequence in the pool in that. I agree. I agree. So yeah, not bad, but kind of inferior. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, to throw one out, to piggyback off of that, um, one... That does have a motive that came out around the same time, and you thought it would have similar vibes, but it's a good movie on its own. Is uh, your next? Sure, that one had such a a track record leading up to it because it made this huge splash at festivals and then disappeared, and it became this movie for a couple of years where everybody's like, how in the hell can we see this thing? Because yeah, everybody talked it. about it from yeah. the screenings. And I think there was deals with the rights where somebody couldn't land it. But um, interesting cast. It, that kind of began that resurgence with Barbara Crampton. Oh, yeah. And all of uh, her more recent roles. Um, but A.J. Bowen and uh, Sharni Vinson is the most badass chick in that. Yeah. It's, it's a fun movie. And, yeah. that, and that really kind of plays on expectations yeah. for those types of movies as well. Have you seen that one, Vinny? Negative. Okay. I'm very aware of it. Yeah. And I think that I have looked to watch it before, but I've never sat down and watched it. If you could say that a, a home invasion movie turns a little fun, this is one that I would okay. say does. Yeah, it's little... not. It doesn't do the sleazy yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah this one's sleazy. had sequels, right? No. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of VHS, probably. Yeah. Lord but I know. Us. Oh yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this one's fun, and um, spoiler alert, it's been out 15 years, so sorry. Um, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I put on the thing twice a year, but hey. (laughs) Uh, Spoiler alert is that someone within the family hires people to kill the family um, to cash in on like some family money. But that does not spoil the story as it plays out. I got you. Yeah, 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 there's some really great scenes in that. Yeah, it's a there's like a, is a there's like a farm animal mask or something associated, yes. right? Yes. Okay. The, yeah, the, yeah. the intruders are wearing animal masks, okay. a la Wicker Man. It's almost time for the Wicker Man May one. Bees. It's coming up. Nope, not that one. <laughs> Vinny, do you have any that you want to bring up? The only other one that I can think of right off the top of my head that I've seen was the Mother's Day remake. Ooh. Ugh. Oh, that one hurts. (laughs) Yeah, boy. And we have covered that one. I don't know what episode, but I went back and listened to that one as well. It's like when you say 
Mother's Day movie and Goldschlager that gets the same reaction from me. <laughs> it's Darren. Uh, uh, shit, who was the director? Darren, Darren Lebowsman. Yeah, which is surprising. Yeah, because it's like it's kind of outside of his wheelhouse. It it's it's scummy, man. It's rapey. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's rough, man. That that's not a fun watch. But it's also it's not too schlocky to not be effective. No, it's which most is, certainly not too schlocky because yeah. it, it is. Jeez Louise. So over like Otis the Drunk. Uh, it is a remake yeah. based off of the trauma movie of the same name. Which is super scummy. That's what which, I thought we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but it makes okay. sense now. Which is it. which is scummy. But then this one, like it, it, Tromas is scummy, but there's still a little bit of... Even in a movie that's rapey, there's still a little bit of camp to it and a little bit of ridiculousness, whereas this version of it, none of that. None of that, which... Which is funny for trauma movies. I'd put Mother's Day quality wise in their oh, top yeah. ten. Oh yeah, hundred percent in their top yes. ten. Yeah. Yes, it's like which fart was the tastiest. <laughs> <laughs> we know the professor loves trauma. Loves only a few. <laughs> it's interesting that historically this has not been a podcast that has been favorable towards trauma movies. No, and we haven't covered that many of them no. probably for that reason. In in a history of having five co-hosts. No one has been. Boy, you know what? I love them trauma movies. Right. If you can find the episode where the McRib was on and tells a story about Lloyd Kaufman, you should listen to that. <laughs> I'm not going to recount it here, but you you should find it. It's like one of it. five times in the history of this show where I just stared at somebody bug-eyed. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Mother's Day remake is a rough watch. Yeah, and it, it's it's rapey. It just... And like, and I don't think we ever get to like a scene where where it happens, but because it's inferred that it's it's looming, it's it's getting ready to happen. Like, it's just a it's a movie you feel like you need a fucking shower after you watch it. Yeah, something interesting with this topic that I I found as I started to because most of this I just sat with a notepad and just kind of free floated thoughts, jotting them down, and it really kind of came to me as I did this that. For something as straightforward as this is, there's quite a few variations that kind of branch out within it that you don't really think about because it's such a simple, unpleasant topic. But there really are a lot of different elements to these movies that they can kind of fixate on. It's like you don't have to be sleazy. It doesn't have to be rapey. You can have no motive. You can have motive. It can be cat and mouse. You can impair... Your potential victims, yeah. Because I mean, there's different things that they've done with that that we can cover in a little bit. But something I wanted to kind of throw out as as we go through the topic is I was kind of surprised because I've never really thought about it. There really are quite a bit of directions that this topic goes because at face value, you just think home invasion, yeah, home invasion movies, okay, yeah. But it's like no, really, there's there's quite a few options. There's a that bit they of nuance, run through. yeah, yeah. Um, a, a big one I got to mention. Funny games. Oh fuck! Because if if we're going for the jugular early on, I mean, this is up there. This is Vinny bringing up Halloween on uh, October fourth. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not doing a calendar count from here. He's oh man, you're getting hot. Um, <laughs> so and you're talking about the remake? Yes, because I've never seen the original. I haven't either. Because yeah. the remake, I, and I'm sure the original is fantastic, but the remake was so brutal yeah. and taxing that I kind of left it at that. But it, it, we get back to kind of the motiveless 
um, insanity. And there, this is just ultra real uh, in its patience. And so we basically have a couple of, of young men who accost a home. They're just little entitled bricks. Yeah. And um, they terrorize him. And at, and at one point, there's a sequence where is it, Naomi Watts is trying to break free. Like I, I'm trying to remember. It's been years since I yeah, watched yeah, it, but yeah. she's and been like duct taped. You maybe. just watch it for like. But five the camera doesn't move. It's like five, ten minutes of with no music, no sound effects, no other characters. Her just struggling to get free from these restraints, and it is so intense. And I mean, it's it's really a testament to the filmmaking and her acting, but it's also really important for this topic, the elements of this, to where if done right, it can be terrifying. This is the Godfather yeah. for me. Like this is. When you talk about most unsettling, realistic home invasion movies without a motive, it's this movie. Yeah. It's like a modern Leopold and Loeb, where yeah. they're just yeah. doing it for the hell of it. Just little rich pricks. Who is is Gabriel Byrne the father? I think so. I think. It's, I've, I've only watched the movie once. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been a while. I'll tell you what, I'm going to do you one better, Professor, in that you... And Brian Jackson told me about how fucked up this movie was. Because Sean. And I needed to watch it. Of all people, Sean. And then I started watching it, and you two came to my apartment unexpected, and I said I was watching funny games, and all of a sudden, I was the weirdo. (laughs) You guys were saying... Hell yeah, gaslight and cinema. (laughs) (laughs) You guys like... You guys guys stop by like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm watching funny games. You're like, what the fuck? Why would you watch that? I'm like, you literally... Just told me it's so fucked up I should watch it. Like, <laughs> to God, be, to be so fair, fun. though, you answered the door with no clothes on. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, half hard. How do y'all watch movies? I wasn't, I wasn't full on. <laughs> yes, this was put on our radar by the happiest soul alive in Sean Wright. He's like, you guys gotta watch. Watch it. I was like, let's keep an eye on Sean. <laughs> the sweetest the sweetest boy of all time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's also my defense. Um not only that scene, but I mean the scene. I mean the dad gets whacked in the knee with a golf club. Oh, it's brutal. And and you know, now that I lead classes in self defense, I'm like your best plans out the door. That fast, you can have you can have a gun in this room, a gun in that room. You can have a plan of what you would do, but the moment they fucking smoke your knee and you can't walk. And this coming from a guy who has played golf and has had knee problems. <laughs> and has had knee surgery. Yes. It's it's that realistic. He's got it's, a handgun duct taped to his shirt right now on his back. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. He put on transition I, lens and set I it mean, on the table. I have a gun pointed at each of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, it's that fast. Yeah, it's, that's a good... I mean, that's... That and, and so, your best laid plans, even if you think you are a, a supreme protector, provider... Uh, prepper. I mean, it's no. What's the Tyson quote? Everybody's got a, a plan until they get punched in the nose. Yep, that's <laughs> right. And we and we say in the martial arts world, everyone's a black belt until they get punched in the face. Unless yep. you're Steven Seagal. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And then nothing can hurt you. Not even bullets. Bulletproof or criticism. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the penultimate for me. Those are the the two most formative in my adult years where I watched them, and it kind of had me had me thinking long past. Entertainment. I also think I keep using that word wrong, penultimate, but we'll revisit that at some point. That's all right. It's fun to fun to grow. <laughs> so um, let's see where to go from there. 
let's 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 open up the purge box. I've got a fun fun fact to throw out on this one. I've only seen the first movie. Really? And I've heard there's some other entertaining ones that make it worth going on with. But I figured at some point we'd do it on the podcast, so I've kind of just yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've only seen the first one, which, Home Invasion. I mean, it, yeah. it, the first one alone fits. Um, it, none of them, in my opinion, are bad. I mean, there are some that are better than others. Uh, but for those of you listening at home, if you've been living under a rock, uh, The Purge, is essentially about, uh, at some point, the U.S. government reaches a point where they say, uh, once a year, uh, we're going to have a night where there are no rules, no laws. And you can kill, steal, destroy, whatever you can do. And it's it's a tool of the rich, but it's also a uh, possibility for the poor. So it's really interesting in those dynamics. And so throughout the franchise... They play through race, uh, socioeconomic stuff. Like they, they go through a lot of different things, and it's it's really pre-G. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it gets to do that because it's a horror movie. You know, what I mean, we talk about a lot that horror and sci-fi get to play out social problems that we don't get to talk about in normal films because people will criticize them too much. So we, we make them extreme. We make films like the running man with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know what I'm saying? All these sorts of things where we get to talk about those problems. Um, so the purge is fun. There is not a purge movie that is not entertaining in my opinion. doesn't mean they're good, but they're entertaining. Uh, so essentially though, for this topic, the first purge movie is entirely based on a home invasion. Each one has some elements of uh, politics where someone is trying to break in to kill ex-politician, whether they're pro or against the purge. Um, but also, too, whether the intruders have been hired to do that. So, yeah, the first purge focuses entirely on this topic. The other ones branch out into the bigger social issues of the topic, not this topic, but of the purge itself. So yeah, they're interesting topics. Yeah. I have a, a story. Uh, I've never watched any of the purge movies. Actively avoided them. Uh, there's even a TV show. That's good. But I don't know. I'm sure I've said before on the show, my neighborhood at Halloween is still old timey Halloween. We get, Hundreds of trick-or-treaters through our neighborhood. And I always hand out candy. I love being part of that. Two years ago, uh, I had run out of candy. Trick-or-treat was officially ends at like 10 p.m. So, you know, turn the porch light out, start taking down my deck decorations <clears throat> and shit, taking them into the house. About that time, a car drives through my neighborhood with a speaker blaring the purge announcement <laughs> that you know from the movie where they're sure. announcing that tonight's purge begins blah 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 the first second i grin and i go that's great and then as they go slowly through the neighborhood it was kind of unnerving <laughs> yeah and i'd never even seen the movies and it was still kind of unnerving to me for them to slowly go through the neighborhood blaring that out on a speaker. So. I'm surprised that didn't make you watch it. <laughs> that, that sounds creepy as hell. You never really know. It's like you assume something is a joke, then you kind of just 
kind of stare. Oh, don't like, worry. I went and got my handgun. <laughs> <laughs> we all participate in social contracts to maintain the safety of everybody. Those people could have broke those social contracts yeah, that night. Yeah, if, just if they decided to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I either try and kiss intruders or just lay down. <laughs> I just shake my wiener at them and go, ah! <laughs> and usually that works. I love you. It's a funny meme. It's something like, imagine you're a home intruder and I come running at you full on boner with night vision goggles <laughs> and a samurai sword. <laughs> I wondered why your nipples have been hard this entire episode. <laughs> oh, here we are. All right. Okay, uh, I'll throw something out here. Okay. I think uh, a very entertaining um, element is the preparation mm-hmm. for something that you know is potentially going to happen. Yeah. In movies. Uh, one of my favorites is the remake of Cape Fear, when you've got Nick Nolde and his family preparing for Max Cady. Um, and Scorsese shoots all this crazy shit with the fireworks at night and, and, and the build up to it. But they have, um, they have their, their guy helping them and the maid in the house, but just all of the shit with them tying stuff to doors yeah, yeah. so that they can tell if somebody's messing with it, uh, sitting up late at night with the handguns. Like I love and it. And it, the same thing could be applied to end of the world movies where people are, how they handle pre- just preparing the stocking up, the getting ready for it. And there's something very, uh, kind of with the language of filmmaking that goes really well with that, yeah. um, with the build up to it. So that's one, one of the first things I thought of. It's like, okay, yeah, there's, there's some home invasion to it. And there's some really crazy shit with De Niro once he gets there. But I always think of the lead up to that and yeah. everything that they're doing to booby trap the house and get ready for him. That I think is just, it's one of the best parts of that movie. What about, uh, what about home alone? Home Alone. It's on my list. <laughs> it put me in the mind of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Home Alone yeah. is a Christmas comedy horror. Home, home Invasion. Alone, home invasion yeah. movie. <laughs> it really is. It's just a playful child's version yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. But he's, he's ready for the, the people to come in. And that's part of the fun of Home Alone. Yeah. Is what, this is my house, right? And getting his stuff set up. No, you're absolutely right. What about uh, more recently, Us? Yes. Yeah. That was on my list. That I have seen. <laughs> and that's an interesting spin on the home invasion because it's yes. widespread as opposed to an isolated goal. There, that moment where they're standing in silhouette mm. outside of the house. Oh, man. And the dad goes out to talk tough. And then when they start walking towards you, all that dissolves. <laughs> yeah. Like, all of that is fucking gone at that point. Well, and, and there's... <laughs> Moments like that in movies are so effective because that's something everyone can relate to. Most of us haven't had people invade our homes, yeah. but we have been out at night. Maybe you get out of your car and you think you see somebody standing 10 feet away. And then you, you know, glance and look back and there's nothing there. It's just your eyes messing with you. But for that split second, you know the fear. Because it's like once you're out and they're there. And a strange fear that I only know from a weird uh, happening... Is one time I had an old a camcorder. This is back in probably the early 2000s where camcorders were big. For you kids listening at home, <laughs> it's a large device <laughs> with, that takes a VHS tape. It's a camera yeah. recorder. And it records. So it's fairly big and I'm looking through the view screen and my brothers are wrestling in the front yard. My, both my brothers are younger than me. One of my brothers is four years younger. The other is 12 years younger than me. Um 
and my brother was my, the one brother was positioned upside down and the front half of his face was covered and for half a second it looked like the bottom half of my face on the ground and there was a immediate jarring feeling about feeling thinking that I was had seen my own face through this view screen like it took me back for for just a second but it was a a fear I'd never known before and I never knew existed just washed over me all of a sudden so with us the fact that they're doppelgangers of the family that little happening that I experienced kind of heightened that moment for me too because there's a there's something you don't know until you experience it that's primal about thinking you're looking into your own face it, it's very odd very odd there was a glitch in the matrix <laughs> yeah yeah it's very odd well and, and in the bigger scheme of things it's that vulnerability it's that moment when you've got out of the car and you think now i see it and they can get me and it, 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 it's your brain messes with you for a split second. It's that thinking the last step is there and you missed it, but you didn't. Yeah. And it's the same thing that these movies, I think, kind of really tap into because it gets you to look at how close to them you actually are in the bigger picture of that. So it's like what you're saying is different in the sense, but they, they kind of relate in that same way where for that split second, you're in danger. Yeah. And these movies are a bigger version of that. Right. Um, one that I want to mention, they kind of go hand in hand with playing with the elements. Wait until dark. It's a little bit of an older one with Audrey Hepburn where she is blind. Oh. And she has a group of guys planning to rob her. So it's not so much about harming her in any way. She's got something in her apartment they want. And then Hush on the flip side. Bingo. We deal with in a much more modern telling, but the same idea, but flipped where she can't hear. She's yeah. deaf. Um, and they really. So it's like you take these classic elements of home invasion, but you start putting these spins on them with, yeah. with impairing the person that makes them even more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily something we can relate to. I'm not deaf, but I know what it's like to be worried about somebody coming in my home. But then to think about not being able to hear them doing that, pretty terrifying. Yeah. They do a lot of interesting things with that. Well, and it orients us too in both senses about when we think of home invasion, we think at night. So our vision is impaired. Right? So we're not blind, but at the same time, it plays on that fear of not being able to see. But also, too, at night when you think you hear a sound like you're just falling asleep and you think you hear your dog bark or your wife say something. And you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, and you wake out of that and you're like, did that really that happen? happen? And the silence is deafening mm-hmm. at that point. So, yeah. So it's not – we don't know those feelings, but we know – some adjacent feelings of that. Sure. And, and hush, it's also interesting too. Even if the, the plot doesn't entice you, it's early Mike Flanagan. Hush is really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one. I don't want to say it's better than it should be, but it's, it's good. It's it's better than it should be. Yeah. I mean, just because of his filmmaking and her name's escaping right now. Is it Katie Seagal that would do other stuff with him? Katie Seagal would be from... Uh, Kate Seagal? She'd be it's Peggy Peg, Bundy. Peggy Bundy. Well, yeah, they have the same name, I think. Maybe. I think it's her that is in, in like Hill House and stuff with him later on. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Here's a random one. One we covered on the show. Let's flip. Let's talk about flipping things here. Knock, knock. 
Ooh, yes. With Keanu Reeves. A wild one. Yeah. A remake of Death Game um, from the 70s as well. But an interesting kind of flipping of genders and some of the norms that we're used to with, with home invasion movies. Yeah. That was an interesting one. Poor Keanu. Oh, man. Yeah, that's one that's like, oh, this is going to be dumb. Oh, my gosh. It's actually a pretty good movie, but I don't want to watch it again because I'm afraid this, what if this happened to me? Yeah. 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 So, uh, did you ever see Knock Knock? Keanu and the two young girls coming to his door late at night. Stranded. I know the one you're talking about. I don't know if I watched that one or not. Yeah. John Wick, he ain't. (laughs) Him not. Uh, And one of the actresses went on to become Eli Roth's girlfriend because she was in Green Inferno. Yes. And the other one's Anna de Armas, who's been like Knives Out and... That Marilyn Monroe movie. Marilyn Monroe, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it... It's it's acted well. It's directed well. It's 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 a yeah, and it's the sneaky invasion. Yeah. They they weasel their way in there amicably. Hey, we need help. And We're then, all wet. Yeah. Hey, you know, can we take a shower? Do you want to get in here with? Yeah, yeah. Nope. They're they're really good looking. So it's, <laughs> a, it's it's a tough decision. Yeah. So that's a that's a wild one. Uh, a recent one, another strange recent one. Did any either of you watch Becky? Is that the one with Kevin James? Yeah. No, I haven't Negative. seen that. I remember <laughs> hearing about it, but I haven't watched it. It was fine. It wasn't great. But is he was... invading? What's the premise? Kevin James is a bad guy. Oh, well, he's, he's, in, like he's in a serious role. Yeah. Interesting. It's really weird to see Kevin James is he good as in it? the bad guy. Yeah, he does fine. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So it's, I don't want to say it's, 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 Neither memorable or forgettable, it's serviceable. Like, okay. it, and it came out during the pandemic, so it was like, "There's nothing else to watch. Let's get Becky from Redbox and uh, being pleased, like enjoying it." But I can't tell you beat for beat what happened. But it was good. Uh, a couple that we have mentioned, but have some of the best openings. Um, in you know, just horror history period are both home invasion related, and that is when a stranger calls uh, mm. with the fascinating cat and mouse back and forth with the calling, and then uh, scream um, with Drew Barrymore. That oh, I screwed I with, yeah, which wouldn't even thought about that. Yeah, it's yeah. like Scream's not a home invasion movie, obviously, but that beginning is as good as it gets for yeah. the screwing with somebody. A setup, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention those two opens because man, they're good both for sure. Them. Don't breathe, another newer one. Hadn't even thought of that one. Have you seen Don't Breathe? I feel like I've watched that one. The old blind man in Detroit. Yes. Yeah, I have seen that one. Newsflash: That's pretty intense. Home invasion. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pervert. <laughs> yeah, that's one that uh, we've talked about before. We covered the first one. I don't think we've covered the second one. But uh, no, there was a second one. That's um. The guy who made the Evil Dead remake. Oh. <laughs> Crap. Oh. If only we had computers in our palms. <laughs> it's right there. We'll I come know. back to it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so this was a... I mean, obviously, the guy had the audacity to make e- remake Evil Dead, and he did a great job. And so this was his first movie um, after the Evil Dead remake, and it's it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, and it's way more about the tension, uh, kind of that Hitchcock style of the audience knowing 
without all the characters knowing what's going on. Yeah. Where you're kind of just holding your breath, hence the title. Yeah. Um, but where it's more about getting out once you've created the situation than it is about terrorizing the person that lives there. Is but it Alvarez? Yes. Yes. Fede? Yep. Fede Alvarez. Can I blow your mind real quick, Professor? Sure. You may already know this. The old blind veteran is Ike Clanton from... Uh, Tombstone? Tombstone. No shit. That's who gets flipped on the car in Manhunter. <sighs> what? I just blew your mind. You just blew my mind. He just mind. flipped the script on you, son. <laughs> He's also Stonewall Jackson in Gods and Generals. I haven't had eight hours to watch that yet. <laughs> Although that is a frequent Brian Jackson challenge, how much it would cost to get up, like watch Gods and Generals without peeing. He's the journalist Pretty in sure. Manhunter? Stephen Lang. Yeah. Oh my God. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know anything about this life anymore. <laughs> oh, goodness. Hot dog. Hot diggity dog. And I'll say this too. Have you seen Don't Breathe 2? I have not. Surprisingly effective sequel. Cool. It was one that I was like, there's no reason for this to exist. And they made a reason for it to exist. Stephen Lang is an American actor. He is known for roles in films such as Manhunter, <laughs> Gettysburg, Tombstone, Gods and Generals, Public Enemies, The Men Who Stare at Goats, Conan the Barbarian, and Don't Breathe. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Listeners, I'm glad you could ride that journey with us. <laughs> oh, 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 man. Let's just, you know what? Let's just land the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, other ones. Um, not anything to go uh, too deep into because they're not directly horror movies, but they are important to the topic, and that is Clockwork Orange and Straw Dogs. Uh, both. I was going to ask you about Straw Dogs. I've never seen the. I've never seen the original or the remake. I haven't seen the remake. The original's intense. I mean, it's it's got a Criterion cut. Yeah, it's interesting. It's Sam Peckinpah and um, Dustin Hoffman and his girlfriend, or maybe it's his wife in the movie, uh, Susan George. But they are attacked with the home invasion from a group. Uh, but I, as I remember, it's been a number of years. But I think Susan George maybe enjoys. A little bit of the unwanted yeah, attention. I remember that was kind of the tension of the film that I read about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's an interesting one, and um, obviously, the Clockwork Orange is, is you know a very important movie for a lot of people. Yeah, um, but that home invasion scene is upsetting. Yeah, it's intense. Very. Uh, also, horror adjacent Panic Room. Sure. Um, Jared Leto, Forrest Whitaker, yep. Jodie Foster. Oh yeah. Yeah, yep. okay, yeah. And then the daughter went on was a went on to oh, who the hell was it? I'd have to look it up. They Benny, they've had a career. Panic room. Look up uh, <laughs> who's yeah, the daughter. I'm on it. Was it Malone? I can't remember. Post Malone? We'll find yeah. God I feel damn like it. the guy on Joe Rogan's podcast. Jamie. Jamie, pull that shit up. <laughs> um <laughs> we just got canceled. <laughs> panic <laughs> Panic Panic Room was actually pretty entertaining. Uh Jody Foster, Kristen Stewart. That's who it is. Oh Forrest shit. Whitaker, Jared Leto, D. White Yoakum. Man. I forgot yeah. Yoakum was in there. Mel Rodriguez. And that's the thing, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not a great movie. Um, it's just unique in that it takes a twist on that there 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 were homes built with these panic rooms. Sure. Like wealthy people built these and it case. also has a twist with all of the invaders are not all bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's fine. Sure. It's worth seeing. That's what you want to mention though. I I didn't have that one down. Uh we did The Collector and the Collection. Yes. Those are not great movies. 
Correct. <laughs> uh, I I'm less than indifferent. I don't like them, but if you had if you wanted to watch the collector, I'd say check it out. I think as far as modern horror and trying to do a uh, a franchise, it's worth trying. Some people like them. Most folks don't. But at the same time, they made two movies. Um, and I like the guy that's in it, that's in my hunted movie, the bow hunter movie. Mm. <laughs> He's in stuff. Uh, <laughs> ringing endorsement. So, um, yeah, the collector in the collection. Yeah. Any other ones come to mind for you? I might have one or two more. Um, a couple more I got jotted down. Uh, little holiday. I mean, this is stuff we've covered, but Black Christmas. Um, I yeah. thought about that earlier, but, but yeah, but it's 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 the home invasion of the, the scariest fucking kind. Yeah, uh, quiet and deadly uh, and drawn out. Uh, also, a play on that would be Better Watch Out um, with an interesting spin oh, on yeah on expectations of a home invasion movie and yeah. for the characters in real time. Um, yeah, and then I I got to make sure we mention Death Wish one and two specifically from that franchise. Both um, are driven by home invasions um, yes. and what leads the character. Now, it's important to remember the first Death Wish is a very serious movie, uh, grounded much more in reality, whereas two on become more and more caricatures of it. Yeah, and cartoonish. Uh, but home invasion in those films are quite upsetting, uh, but also set the table for revenge um, and I, in terms of, of revenge and home invasion in cinema it's up there I mean Death Wish spawned a whole franchise I think there. it's horror in adjacent case. but what about The Crow sure sure yeah oh. that's the same thing yeah I'm, and that's no more horror adjacent than Death Wish Last House Repeat. on the Left yeah um, starts as a an attack but yeah, but ends as a home invasion tables turned kind of movie. Um, if I if I had the guts to watch it more, I could tell you more about it. <laughs> I have actively avoided that movie, and that's like on every horror list. And I have avoided it forever. You won't like it. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure I won't. The, that and I spit on your grave are excruciating. Oof. Yeah. The revenge pays off at least, but man. Well, and I've said. As I realized, because you know, I've always said that uh, Devil's Rejects, I was put off by a rapey scene. The whole movie was ruined for me by that one scene. I've become a more uh, jaded <laughs> as <laughs> not the, agreeable. The years have gone by. Uh, I've become more desensitized to that kind of thing with the amount of horror movies I've watched in general, and because of this podcast as well. Uh, but I attribute my aversion to that to uh, I saw I spit on your grave way too young. Yeah, yeah. I could see that affecting you. Yeah, long term. I mean, it's it goes on and on. I mean, it serves a purpose, but it's still that doesn't make it any less fucked. No, good lord, I've never watched it again. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, one I last one. I like to turn on music while I watch it. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. One last one that I that I just saw on a different list that I think is interesting, but it's true. People under the stairs. Yeah. Hmm. Certainly, the intruders become the heroes by the end. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's. A <laughs> that is true. <laughs> they're, they're breaking in to try and get a payday. 
Man, that find out nuts. find out that the, <laughs> the house they're breaking into is way more fucked up than the people who are doing the breaking in. <laughs> they are partying, <laughs> and, and then it becomes like this this whole uh, social statement. But yeah, it's it's a home invasion movie. Yeah, and then uh, some true crime that we have covered mm. uh, in Cold Blood Oof. and the Manson, the uh, Tate Ugh. LaBianca, both Yikes. home yeah. invasion stuff as real life terror um, that became national news. And then, um, yeah, and then one that's not horror, but just to throw out that made a big splash recently that's a different kind of home invasion is Parasite um, that, that really haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, well, we're not going to go into spoilers, <laughs> but it's not a traditional home invasion movie. It's it's a different kind. Okay. So. For those of you listening at home, I've stuck my fingers in my ears when we start talking. <laughs> so, well, we, uh, I think we've busted this thing wide open. Yes. Uh, anything and, past this is going to start to get sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> I, as I've looked at the list I was consulting, I'm like, there's a lot more movies, stuff I've never seen, stuff that's probably not good. Oh, it's a remarkable amount. Yeah, If yeah, you yeah. type in, like, just Google list of home invasion movies, there's so many. Yeah. The first one. Because it is 19... cheap to a degree. Sure. Because, be, and, and only um, because, also, it's a base basic human fear. I was going to say, I wanted to make sure we pointed out, it's like, Home is peace. Yeah, it's comfort. Safety. It's safety, yes. and to invade that is inherently scary, and it always has been. I jotted down just because I was curious. I looked it up. The first home invasion, technically on film, is a twelve-minute short from nineteen oh nine called "The Lonely Villa." So oh, wow. even as, as soon as they started making movies, they're like, "Hey, what's scary? How about people coming in your house to hurt you?" Well, you know, and and, and people have always been people, and human beings have a streak of awful. And so it, it makes you wonder about the eras in human history here in the Americas where people didn't live in brick-and-mortar homes or that had door latches and things of that nature. And you talk about a, a, a social agreement at that point. Right. And people have always been awful. This isn't new. Yeah. It's just one person to go, I want what's in your house. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and even more, to take it even more primal, um, when I worked at the Children's Museum, there were animals there. And uh, our executive director at the time was like, I want the animal cages cleaned every every day or every other day. And our person there, who was part biologist, he was studying biology or wildlife biology, he was like, you understand this is their home. And if we come into their home and upset things, the animals are going to become anxious. So, like, we'll clean the cages weekly, but the animals like their smell, their habitat. Obviously, we don't want it to become dirty, right? but something has to feel like home to them. And if we are coming in to change that every other day, it's going to upset the animals. And so it's even a primal thing. Like, there's something primal about your domicile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think that's worth taking into note as well. Well, and even, you know, to, to build on that real quick, there, there's something where if you have your home broken into and you're not around, that lingers. Oh. I've had a vehicle broken into before. Same. And it's, there's a certain amount of violation that you feel. And yes. this goes back to what I was talking about earlier with relating these different ideas that's kind of all inherently the same. It's, it's your space is... Is screwed with, yep. and and the vulnerability is immediately there. So it's like if somebody's been in your home, even if you weren't there and you're safe and it's done with by the time you've arrived, 
it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. And it takes people sometimes months, years or more to, or sometimes never to recover in their space. They just need to move because yeah. they don't feel safe there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's trauma. Yeah. And so the ability to bounce back from trauma is going to take a different amount of coping from different people based on different situations. And that's, I think the bigger thing that we're talking about here is, is how serious and sensitive that is. And that's all held between you and somebody deciding if they want to mess with you and a deadbolt. It's crazy. So have a good night listeners. Hey, sleep tight. glad to hear, <laughs> glad to talk to you folks. Uh, sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs or home invaders bite. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny. Stay safe, first and foremost, but then stay scary. Calls are coming from inside the house. Mm-hmm.